get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN on this weekend that Dick Vermeil goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And one of the keys to the turnaround of the St. Louis Rams was Trent Green, and he joins us now on 101 ESPN. Trent, thanks for joining us, and I know this is a big weekend for you. Yeah, this is, this is really exciting. Uh, I, I can't tell you, um, you know, how excited I am for Coach, how excited I am for Carroll. Uh, we've had the, the obviously a lot of opportunities over the years to celebrate uh, a number of uh, teammates and a, and a number of players for Coach Vermeil going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, what a special moment it was when he he finally gave me that call to say, "Hey, I got in, and I'm excited, and I hope you can make it. And I hope you can be there." And I, I tell you what, Randy, I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. It's uh, it's going to be a special occasion. Uh, special occasion, and and I know you know he'll have representatives, players, coaches, personnel from from all three organizations that uh, that he was with because he had that big of an impact on so many people. What do you remember about the first time you met Dick Vermeil? So, so I'll, I'll tell you the first time I remember the first time meeting him uh, when I was a free agent coming from Washington and, and on a visit with the Rams. I do remember. That earlier, at some point in time, uh, he had uh, he and I had met when uh, when he was doing college football games, and and I didn't remember that production meeting. I know that's embarrassing for me to say, but he had said, "Well, you know, we did like your Ohio State Indiana game back in," and I was just, you know, I think I remembered it was Coach Vermeil, but I wasn't, you know, in the process of the recruiting thing. So, um, you know, the big thing for me really uh, on that visit. Um, you know, is just how how you know he, he's so energetic and so passionate about it, and, and uh, he was really you know putting the big sales pitch on and coming back you know for a St. Louis kid coming back to St. Louis and you know helping be a part of uh, turning around the organization, and he was trying to sell me, hey, Isaac Bruce is going to be healthy, and and we brought in your offensive coordinator Mike Martz, and we're we're trying to get uh, uh, you know Adam Timmerman. Well, Adam ended up. Uh, signing before I did, and and uh, they had brought him in, or at least I remember that dynamic in terms of the timing of it. And so he was just, you know, uh, very energetic about what he thought the team, you know, could potentially be, and and wanted me to be a part of it. Uh, and then of course we had dinner, and uh, and I and I just I just remember telling uh, telling my wife Julie she was on the on the visit with me. I was just like, you know, I've, I've got to play for this guy. It's it's. We've got to try and find a, ma- a way to make it work uh, from a contract standpoint, and um, you know it was a, it was a great move for me, great move for us as a family, and and it was uh, and it was the right call because it was a team on the rise, and um, you know a lot of pieces fell into place after you know after Adam and I signed, you know the trade for Marshall, the drafting of uh, of Tory Holt, um, you know some some other free agent pieces, and some some guys that were already there getting healthy, some guys getting opportunities. 
you know, Mike Grudadoria, a, a Tom Newton, uh, Fred Miller, guys that had, you know, really hadn't hit their stride yet, and, and we all just kind of came together, uh, you know, that 99 season to get things rolling. Then obviously, you know, the emergence of Kurt Warner and, 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 uh, you know, what happened with the rest of that season. But it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great sales pitch by coach and one that I wanted to be a part of. Trent, a lot of people look at the talent that was on the greatest show on turf and they probably think that anybody could have coached that team and that team would have gone on to be successful or maybe win a championship. But do you think that that team would have been able to be what it was if Dick Vermeil wasn't the head coach? Oh, I, I, without a doubt, he's he's the reason why that all got done. You know, you have to have great leadership. Uh, I think we can look through the history of the NFL, look through the history of sports, whether it's professional sports or collegiate sports, uh, and you can find teams that are loaded with all the talent, uh, but they don't have that chemistry to be able to put it together. And I think that's what uh, makes Coach so special. So I don't think I don't think we could have gotten done in '99 you know, what got done in 99. Number one, bringing everybody together uh, the way he did, recognizing the fact that he needed to bring in Mike Martz and needed to, to change up the offense, recognizing, you know, he needed to make a change at quarterback and, and uh, you know, working with the front office and, and, and making the trade happen for Marshall Falk. And uh, just from a personnel standpoint, bringing in the pieces that they did, but then getting everybody together and getting everybody going in the right direction. And then on top of it, oh, by the way, week three of the preseason, you know, your starting quarterback, myself, gets his knee blown out, and you're going to put all the faith in a guy that, that nobody really knew or had heard of or had seen much of. Um, but he convinced everybody and bought into it and believed in him. And you guys all remember, you know, remember that press conference when he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to rally behind Kurt Warner, and he's, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, play for Kurt Warner, and Kurt's going to do his job. And, um, you know, when you have someone in a leadership role with that type of conviction and, uh, you know, can keep everybody moving in the same direction and everybody on the same page. Um, that, that definitely is is the reason why. You know, I, I say what I said in terms of you know, Coach Vermeil is is the reason. You know, we won that year and uh, winning the Super Bowl in '99. Trent, I, I want to go back to that press conference and, and to the injury, as you mentioned, because when Dick Vermeil comes out and says that, we can see how visibly upset he is, um, not only because there's a lot of football things that happen, but because you could tell that he cared about you as a person. What was that conversation like privately? Once you realize, I've had this injury, I'm going to be out for the season, what's that conversation like between you and Dick Vermeil in that moment? You know, he it, it was... You know, obviously he was, he was very disappointed for me. Um, you know, they're, you know, you guys, you guys know the story, right? It's, it's, you know, I was eighth round pick, got cut a couple of times, worked my way up, was third string, you know, 28 years old before I finally got to start a game. So, um, you know, the fact that I was finally getting my first opportunity to lead a team and those kinds of things, you know, he was very emotional with me and, and understood the work that I had put in to get to that point in my career. And, and, you know, so he, uh, you know, and he, and he was appreciative of of all the stuff that we had done in the off season. Um, you know, I know, obviously, Kurt's the one that was MVP and won the Super Bowl and won Super Bowl MVP and was All Pro and all those things. But I, I, I think he he recognized and the organization recognized and and I know the players on the team recognized. Just you know, this was something that started in February. Uh, it started. 
you know, like I said, I just, you know, I rattled off the names, you know, you know, myself and Timmerman and, and Marshall and Tory and, you know, Ricky Prohl and Isaac Brute, you know, Isaac was injured quite a bit the year before. And I mean, this guy's coming back and, and guys getting opportunities and, uh, you know, Grudadoria and Newton and Miller and, and, uh, you know, defensively, you know, it was just a frustrating time for the deep because at that time, you know, people forget the greatest show on turf, how good that defense was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talk all the time about it. I'm like, I, you know, I have the, I, you know, Kevin Carter now, he and I both work for CBS. So we have the opportunity and, and London Fletcher, we have the opportunity to talk about, I mean, that defense, how good that defense was. I mean, and, uh, you know, some of the funny stories, um, you know, I've, I've talked about over the years with those guys. When I, when I, you know, when I first came in, I remember, DeMarco and uh, and KC uh, kind of cornered me in the locker room, and they're like, "Hey, listen, new QB," and they kind of <laughs> did it laughingly. They're like, "Listen, new QB, we just we just need you to get like 17 points. We got a pretty good defense here. We're gonna we're gonna hold teams. You know, we just need you to get like 17 points, and we we could be pretty good if you can get 17 points." And I, I remember. I was like, okay, uh, these guys are both quite a bit larger than me, and uh, and and I haven't been in this locker room long, but uh, but I remember saying, well, well, first off, let's change your expectations because if all you need is 17 points, then that's the problem. We need to have the bar set higher. I'm coming in here thinking we're going to score 17 points a half. <laughs> we want to have that expectation, and and I knew what Mike Martz's philosophy was because we were together for two years in Washington, and and. You know, he and I had been with Norv Turner and how aggressive we wanted to be offensively. And, and, you know, now all of a sudden these weapons are coming in. And, and I said, hey, we got to change expectations. We're not trying to score 17. We're trying to score 17 half. And so let's get this thing going and get everybody believing. And it was just really, you know, that whole off season of just changing the mindset of, of people in the locker room, people in the building. You know, the, the, the losing had gone on for so long within the Rams over the decade of the 90s. Uh, especially since the team had been in St. Louis, and uh, and so it was. It was really it was it was a it was a process that started in February and worked its way through. And uh, so many people have said to me, you know, it, it's it's cool that the that the team has uh, you know has kept you involved. And Coach Vermeil was always like, listen, as soon as you can go on road trips and and go on these games and be with the team, we want you there. You know, your rehab's number one, but. Uh, we want you around the team, and, and I just think overall from him on down throughout the organization, I think there was an appreciation there. Whatever little part I played um, from February forward in helping to change that culture, and then and then ultimately, you know, 100%, I give you know all the credit in the world to the guys that got it done on the field. Uh, but it but it really was it really was a process. It started in February with uh, with changing the mindset of the organization. Trent Green joining us to celebrate the enshrinement of Dick Vermeil into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Trent, I'm glad that you brought up in the peop- the the building people because when you got traded, I remember you going around. It was noted to me that you would go to all the secretaries, the equipment guys, the the people that ran the facility, and you said goodbye to them and thanked them. And John Knetzer, you remember John the uh, the the oh yeah. Uh, He was the facility manager. He he told me on multiple occasions, he said... Dick Vermeil is the greatest man I've ever met. And you, as you said, with, with your injury, DV wanted everybody to feel involved. And, and he did it here, but then he was able to do it in Kansas City as well, wasn't he? You know, that, and that's the, uh, the great thing, you know, about Coach. And, and you, you know, he has these certain principles that he coaches by and that he lives by. And number one on all those lists is people. And, and he, he doesn't just say it. 
he actually does it. And, and he wants everybody to know how important they are because every part is critical. You know, whether you're talking about, you know, facility managers or, you know, secretaries or equipment managers or trainers, players, coaches, doctors, you know, VPs, ticket sales, marketing, whatever it may be, um, he always wanted everybody to feel a part of it. And, and he's such, he's so good at that. It, it really is. Uh, I can't even imagine uh, how many different people he stays in contact with over the years because he's, he uh, he really does a great job of keeping in contact with people and, and maintaining those relationships because really that's that was a driving force behind his career and a driving force behind his belief uh, in terms of how to turn an organization or a program around. Whether you're talking about you know uh, you know UCLA, you're talking about getting started with the Rams and being a special teams coach, being the head coach at Philly, you know back with the Rams. I mean on down through his career. Uh, it's always been about people and building relationships and, and uh, making everybody a part of the team, and that, and that was very important to him. Trent, what about Coach from an X's and O's and a personnel standpoint? We always know about how well he manages people and cares for people and motivated players to want to play for him, but what about Dick Vermeil, the football mind? So here's the thing, I, you know, and I have a great deal of respect for Coach uh, from an X's and O's standpoint. Uh, that would probably be better answered by, by Jaws. Uh, by Ron Jaworski. Uh, Coach was a lot more involved with the X's and O's part of it uh, prior to me getting there. Um, he was he was always sitting in on offensive meetings, I can tell you that. Uh, but he gave uh, he gave Mike Mike March freedom in terms of the X's and O's. Uh, you know, in Kansas City, he gave Al Saunders that freedom as offensive coordinator. And uh, so I would have to say from an X's and O's standpoint, earlier in his career, he was probably more involved in that. And, and I think later on, um, I think that would, if you guys remember the, uh, uh, Carol, part of, part of his, uh, his agreement with Carol when he decided to come out of, uh, uh, retirement, coaching retirement and, and take the Rams job. I think, I think part of her deal with him was like, listen, you can't spend the night at the facility, uh, doing X's and O's all night. So I think that was, uh, I think that was part of Carol's doing, um, uh, you know, when he came back into the league with, uh, with the Rams. Uh, in 97, and, and uh, so he wasn't involved as much as the X's and O's. But I tell you, from a leadership standpoint and getting people, um, getting people going in the right direction, uh, you know, I've, I've had this many times uh, in Kansas City, you know, because I was with him. Uh, he was my head coach in Kansas City, and, and uh, many times people would always say, oh, you guys are always, you know, either hugging each other or telling stories or you're emotional when you talk about each other and all those kinds of things. I said, yeah, that's all from a personal level. I said, but you don't, I said, you guys don't get to see all the times where he calls me, he calls me in a meeting one-on-one and he's like, listen, this is what I need from you. You know, it's like, Hey, either you're not playing well enough, but I need you to do this better or Hey, you're playing great, but I need these guys to play great. And this is what I need for you to do to get them to play great. And so that was really the good thing or one of the good things that, uh, that coach did, um, at least during my time with him was, uh, not so much the X's and O's of it, but having those individual conversations about, hey, listen, this is what I need from you. This is what your expectation is. Yes, there's so much more that goes in. You know, certain guys you just want to play, right? It's like you don't want to you don't want to put too much on their shoulders because of what they can and can't handle. Um, but there's your leaders on your team where you're like, okay, this is this is what I need from you from a leadership role and what your expectations are from a leadership role. And and I think that's what he was always great about understanding because he is so good with people and understanding people 
how he could help direct that and lead that. That is a rarity, too, though, when you think about a a head coach, especially in the NFL, to hire people that you know are really smart but trust them to do the work. I think a lot of head coaches have a hard time delegating and letting go. So the fact that Dick Vermeil was able to do that, that's, that's something that makes him unique as well. You know, I've, I've had these conversations now that I've been fortunate enough to be in broadcasting for, gosh, what is it now, 13 years, um, having the opportunity to talk with coaches. And, and a lot of times I'll talk with first-time head coaches, and, and it'll be after maybe after they've been in it a couple years or maybe even after they've already been fired and now they're back in a coordinator position. And I'll say, you know, what is it you learned – from that. And a lot of times guys get caught up as a head coach. They're like, okay, I finally get my opportunity to be a head coach. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire all my buddies. I'm going to hire a bunch of people that agree with me and all have the same vision as me and want to do this. And uh, that isn't necessarily always what works. You know, it's, it's about surrounding yourself with people that maybe are going to go against the grain a little bit, maybe question things. Obviously, you don't want it to be disre- disrespectful and, and confrontational. But you want different rooms, you want, or you want different ideas in the room. You want to have, be able to have those types of conversations because you know what's going on in, in other meeting rooms and in, in other locker rooms around the league. They're trying to find ways to beat you down, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. So they're trying, you don't want to have to just be in a room with a bunch of people telling you, yes, you're the greatest and this is the thing to do, and, and, uh, because there's going to be other rooms around the league that are finding ways to break you down. So uh, I think that's what great – uh, uh, another reason that coach uh, is is so great is just not being afraid to have guys in the room that had different opinions, and then they could have those discussions, have those, um, I guess, game planning ideas, and then ultimately coming up with something that uh, that worked. And and it was a great game plan because you look all three organizations, he was able to turn around in a short period of time and had tremendous success. Trent Green, one last thing. How often do you apply Dick Vermeil principles to your life, whether it's raising kids or doing a business deal or working for CBS? How often does Dick Vermeil come into your life and be what you learn from him a part of it? Well, Randy, I, I was fortunate in that, uh, you know, from a value standpoint, my parents uh, at a very early age, my grandparents, both maternal and paternal grandparents, uh, you know, blue collar background, hardworking, you know, had that work ethic, that kind of thing that, uh, that really set a great foundation for me and my brother and sister. And, uh, but what coach reinforced for me is, is the people aspect of it. I was always someone that wanted to, you know, engage with people. And, you know, I always was kind of in that leadership role in different ways throughout my, I guess, growing up. Um, but re- really what he did was, was reinforce that and, and how, how to treat people, how to act around people, how to, uh, you know, how to lead people. You know, like I said, I felt like I had a good foundation when I got around coach, and, and coach was able for me, you know, to take it to another level. And, uh, and so to answer your question, I, I use his principles and values every single day. Uh, there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not, uh, uh, that I'm not reflecting on or, or, you know, in a certain moment, you know, thinking about, okay, coach would have handled things this way or maybe coach handled things this way. And, and I've had the privilege of, of getting to know Coach Vermeil's kids and Coach Vermeil's grandkids, and I've had those conversations with them about, hey, what was your dad? I know what your dad's like as a coach. What was your dad like as a dad? What was it like having your dad as a head coach? What was it like having your dad, 
you know, traveling or being on TV or those kinds of things. And, and so I've had those conversations with his family members and, uh, and it's just, um, yeah, I, I, I can't thank coach enough. And I, and I have personally, uh, one-on-one with him, just, uh, you know, how much he's meant in my life. And, and I know there's, uh, hundreds if not thousands of uh, fellow players and coaches and personnel that uh, that feel the same way about him. The pride of the Viani Golden Griffins, Trent Green. I, t- I told you how important it was for me to have you on this particular show to celebrate Coach Vermeil, and I can't thank you enough for your time. I appreciate it. It was great talking with both of you, and, uh, and let's celebrate Coach this weekend. Absolutely. We'll see you in Canton. Trent Green, who is actually making his way to Canton, and uh, we'll see him during the course of the weekend. But what an absolute prince. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.